Hey, Moving Forward listeners, I'd like to take a quick minute to tell you about my new books. If you've been following the podcast, you'll know that I helped bring my dad's business into the 21st century with Poshmark. I've documented everything we've done so you can start a business right from your closet or expand an existing business with an effective e-commerce solution, even if you don't have a large marketing budget or social media following. The Poshmark Guide for Individuals and Small Businesses is now available in paperback and for Kindle. You can also find the Poshmark Journal for Individuals and Small Businesses with worksheets to help you manage your inventory and negotiate effectively and confidently on the platform. Both titles are available on Amazon, where you can find quick access links at bemovingforward.com or in my link tree, which is in the show notes for today's episode. Start learning and moving forward today. Hey, John Lim here. We're moving forward with episode 368. Welcome back. We're kicking off season nine. Happy New Year. I don't think it's too late to say Happy New Year, even though we're in mid-January. We're getting pretty close, though. I hope everyone had a great holiday. Hope you had uh, a great New Year and are off to a good start. We're in the middle of January. It's really cold right now, and I'm recording this, and we just got blanketed on the East Coast with a snow ice storm. So hope if you're listening to this that you're somewhere safe and warm. Uh, So today's episode, we're just going to ease back into things. I'm going to cover some updates, some different topics. I'll also give a little overview of what this season will look like. But before we get started, I wanted to give a shout out and a welcome to anyone who's new to the podcast. And I want to be more mindful of this. This is something that uh, I sometimes forget to do is to remember that some of you may have just stumbled onto this podcast and... This is episode 368, so there are a lot of episodes in past seasons out there. So just to give you an introduction, there's no specific listening order to this podcast. You don't have to start with episode one. If you want to start with today's episode, that's fine. And in fact, uh, if you look at the titles of the episodes, they give you a pretty good idea of what the episode is about. Now, it has changed. The format has changed over the years. The first couple of seasons, the first, say, 200 episodes were very interview-focused, So if you are interested in listening to interviews with business leaders, thought leaders, entrepreneurs, artists, musicians, most of those episodes are concentrated in the first 200 episodes. I recommend go back and take a look at some of those. If you're interested in the collections, I've got several collections where mini-series on things like starting a Poshmark business. In fact, a lot of my listeners come to this podcast because of Poshmark, because I do a lot of work uh, with the Poshmark platform for uh, a retail business. Uh, You can check out those episodes, and I've got also collections on various topics. The best way to find those is to actually go to the website, bemovingforward.com, and I've got a mini-series page. It's It's a page right off the blog. And in fact, I may update the website and just have the mini-series tab as its own tab, but you can find all the different collections there. I also have things like holiday episodes. I just, In fact, last season ended on 367, which was a holiday episode, so you can find all of those there. And I try to create content that's either going to inform and educate you or entertain you, so that's kind of my goal with this podcast. But there's no specific listening order, so if you're just starting with today's episode, that's perfectly fine. Uh, I am going to do a little bit of housekeeping for today, so think of this as your January updates. So the format this season is largely going to follow the last couple of seasons. There are going to be single episodes. I am 
going to uh, invite some guests to the podcast. So uh, I'm still kind of curating who I might want to have on the show. So I may do a couple of interviews. It's not set in stone yet. But just FYI, I am not opening the floodgates to interviews. I still get email pitches uh, for people who want to be on the podcast, which I'm very flattered by. But just FYI, I'm not open to guest submissions at this point at this point this is mostly a solo based podcast so uh the one thing i'm going to try to do is be a little more focused each week i want to cover a very specific topic or uh, takeaway that you can implement uh, right away so i'm going to try to do that and try to include those in every episode uh speaking of poshmark so just to give you the roadmap for the next couple of weeks, I will be covering some updates to the Poshmark platform that have occurred over the last six months. That are I alluded to these last season. I wanted to take some time to do a deeper dive into these, and now that I have, I want to cover these more in depth. So the next couple of episodes will be almost a, an update mini-series uh, again on on the on the platform, and what I try to do is I try to cover these uh, as I learn about them, so that I can share them with you. And again, I add them all to the Poshmark mini series page because these episodes are kind of spread out. I've got one concentration from 2019 where I did a whole mini series on Poshmark, but since then I've added to this with uh, revisiting the platform and updates every now and then as they as they evolve. So uh, I do recommend check out the uh, website if you want to see the entire collection. But I'll be covering some platform updates specifically focused on customer relationship management or CRM. So Poshmark has really put a lot into their CRM tools and I want to take a deeper dive into those over the next couple of weeks. I also want to mention that if you are specifically listening to this podcast, we're interested in Poshmark, I will be doing a live stream. I will be interviewed on Friday, February 11th at 12 p.m. Eastern Time. It'll be a one-hour live stream uh, with Johns Hopkins. It's the Alumni Association. Uh, since I, I, I'm an alum, I went to the business school and uh, they were gracious enough to put this event together. It's going to be great. We're going to be talking about how uh, I've used Poshmark and and used it to help my dad's retail business build an e-commerce stream off of the, a traditional brick-and-mortar business. So if you're interested in learning more about Poshmark, whether it's for a small business or whether you want to start your own, uh, that event uh, will be a great one. And uh, I'll have the registration information in the write-up. It is open to the public. You don't have to be a Hopkins alum, and uh, registration is free, so everyone is welcome to attend, and I hope you will be able to. Again, that'll be Friday, February 11th at 12 p.m. Eastern, and I'll be mentioning this on uh, on every episode leading up to the event. All right, so a lot going on with Poshmark. Again, they've updated a lot of CRM tools. I'll be covering these more in depth over the next couple of weeks and, of course, be speaking about some of these on that uh, Friday live stream. So I hope you'll join us. I want to turn a little bit of attention to entertainment. Cobra Kai Season 4. If you follow the podcast, if you've listened to past episodes, 
if you've written, read some of my written work uh, on LinkedIn or on the website, uh, I've talked about Cobra Kai, not just as a great show. It is a fantastic show. It's on Netflix. But I've looked at the business model of Cobra Kai uh, from the, the creative and marketing standpoint. And in fact, uh, oddly enough, I wrote an article on LinkedIn uh, for about Cobra Kai uh, when it first premiered, it was 2018, and it started out as a um, show on YouTube Premium, and I wrote about it back then, and that article to date is still my most read article on LinkedIn. So I've written a lot of different articles, but that one in particular has has, uh, has resonated with a lot of people. But I want to talk a little bit about season four. I'm not going to give spoilers or plot points or anything like that. Um, so if you haven't seen it yet, don't worry about that. But I will say it is a fantastic, fantastic show. Uh, and th- season four, in my opinion, is the best one to date. So uh, people have asked me, which one is your favorite? This one actually does rank as my favorite. Last year, season three, I thought was fantastic. That one was actually uh, my favorite to date. So my ranking, if I have one, is season four currently is my number one spot. Season three, followed by the first season and uh, at the number four place is season two. But they're all very close. So we're talking about gradations because overall this is a fantastic series. If you have not checked it out, it is available on Netflix. You can also get the first three seasons on physical media, on DVD, uh, on Amazon, and I'll have affiliate links to that. So let me talk a little bit about what season four does really well. First of all, it juggles so many different characters. They introduce new characters and they they it's it's almost like and I, I described this on Twitter. It's like this master chef at a hibachi grill, where the chef is just flinging all these different ingredients, and in a less capable <laughs> hands, it would be a mess. You'd have stuff flying all over the place, and it just wouldn't work. But if you've ever been to a hibachi grill and you watch a master chef, they are flinging, dicing, and chopping and mixing ingredients multiple ingredients, keeping it all organized and in the air. And it's a, it's a beautiful sight to behold. And then they just cook up this, this fantastic dish. That is what Cobra Kai season four is like. They not only continue developing the new characters they introduced in season one, they are bringing on the next generation. And you can see that they're really just layering in new characters. And sometimes with shows, that doesn't always work. Sometimes when you introduce new characters, they don't always gel or resonate. But these these young characters that they're bringing on, they are really, really well-written. And the actors who are portraying them, fantastic. I mean, they're just very likable characters. You get invested in their story. At the same time, they are bringing back legacy characters. So if you're a fan, an OG fan of the original Karate Kid films like I am, I grew up on these movies, then you are gifted with so many different characters coming back. And season four brings back a legacy character from the Karate Kid part three. Now, if you go back to those original films, the, uh, the first one and the second one are both very revered. The third one, by the time we get to the third one, it wasn't as beloved and it, it didn't do as well and it's not as critically acclaimed. In fact, some consider it the, the weak point of the original trilogy. Personally, when I was a kid, I absolutely loved uh, part three. In fact, I went to go see it in the theater multiple times 
just because I didn't get to see the first one in the theater. I saw it later when it was on uh, on TV. The second one I did get to see in the theater. And by the time the third one came out, I thought to myself, well, this is probably going to be the last Karate Kid uh, thing I ever see. So I want to get the most out of this. So I went to see it multiple times in the theater. And I had William Christopher Ford, who uh, acted in these in this film a couple of years ago on the podcast. We did actually a three-series interview. Great guy. I recommend you listen to that. That's on the miniseries page as well. And uh, it holds a special place in my heart. Now, is it as good as the earlier films? No. <laughs> you know, it, it does stretch a lot of credibility, the suspension of disbelief. It's a very over-the-top outlandish story. But what Cobra Kai Season 4 does so well is it actually adds some context to that earlier film. And they bring back a major character from Karate Kid 3, and they actually develop this character and give him layers and complexity and nuances such that you can go back to Karate Kid Part 3, rewatch it with a whole new appreciation and understanding and context. Now, you know, it doesn't fix all the problems of Karate Kid 3, but it does elevate it. And that, in my opinion, is what a great sequel does. And uh, this is something that has been, uh, you know, um, something that I've been thinking about a little bit as I've been watching these, a lot of these shows and movies that um, are sequels and reboots to uh, legacy uh, properties from, uh, from the past, is that a really great sequel and reboot will embrace the original source material and and really you know fill in the gaps and respect what's come before while moving things ahead with new characters. Now what Cobra Kai does is it does something that's even more rare. It actually elevates the past material. Now that is not an easy thing to do and I have seen very few uh reboots or sequels able to pull that off but Cobra Kai does that so I could do a whole episode on Cobra Kai season four I might at some point but uh, I recommend if you have not watched it do watch it do you have to watch the Karate Kid to watch the Cobra Kai and appreciate it no you get enough context and enough appreciation that uh, you can watch this show and in fact a lot of the uh, newer fans to, to Cobra Kai have not even seen the Karate Kid. So it gives you enough information so that you have the context. I will say, though, if you do watch the original films, you'll just be rewarded when you watch Cobra Kai. So there's so much that ties into it, so many Easter eggs that uh, that it's just it's wonderful. And the creators who were you know lifelong fans of the Karate Kid they really, really know this material inside out. They are the super fans. So my congratulations it's, it's to, to everyone involved. It, it was number one on Netflix for about two weeks. It's still, I think, in the top 10. And uh, it, it's broken uh, some, some records and things like that. So, And I'm excited. As I understand, they've already filmed season five. And uh, I can't wait for that. So do check that out. All right, uh, two more things I'm going to cover today, and I want to uh, talk a little bit about um, November, December. So uh, I did end uh, the season uh, with the holiday episode, but what you don't know, and if you listen to that holiday episode, you may hear that I was a little bit congested. So following right after Thanksgiving, uh, I got very sick. 
and uh, I went to uh, I went to the doctors, and um, thankfully, I, I you know I didn't have COVID. I did have a double whammy of flu and a sinus infection. Uh, that went away after about a week. But what ended up happening and was that I got this terrible, terrible uh, like headache. I had this awful headache basically from the end of November. And normally when I get headaches, I get headaches during allergy season, things like that. They only last maybe a day or two. But this headache would just not go away. And uh, it was the type of headache, I don't know if you've ever had this, but it was like at the, it focused, localized at the back back right side of my head to the side of my head. And it felt like, the best way I can describe it, it felt like my skull was made out of glass. Anytime I would lie down on the pillow, it just hurt. And uh, my physician, I had to actually go back to my physician because uh, I, you know, they put me on some ibuprofen and, and it would help, but the, the headache just wouldn't go away. And my doctor actually did an extensive test First thing she did was a, a basic neurological test to make sure it wasn't anything serious. Fortunately, it was not. And then she did some muscle tests on me, and it turned out that uh, I didn't even realize how bad this was. My neck was so stiff, I could barely turn my head uh, without stra- feeling the strain. And essentially what happened was I had uh, a tension headache. What I was experiencing was a tension headache that was caused by neck and back strain. So, and uh, interesting thing, my doctor told me that this is something that has, uh, she's seen a lot of these over the last year and a half or so due to the fact that so many people are working from home. So I wanted to share a little bit about that uh, because uh, it, it's, it's something that just creeped up on me over time, just sitting uh, so much in front of a screen, in front of a computer. So what I have done, and and thankfully by literally by Christmas Day, so a Christmas miracle, it, I was completely better. But uh, what I had to start incorporating were just basic uh, stretching. So uh, just kind of making sure that uh, I would stretch, you know, tilt my head, you know, and then just you know rotate it, that kind of thing. And then uh, I would also. You know, I used um, uh, some analgesics, uh, uh, and and you know, when it got really bad, my doctor actually put me on a uh, muscle relaxer for a couple of days. So, in case you experience something like this, first things first, just go make an appointment, go see your doctor. But uh, just know that this is something that uh, apparently has been on the rise just because of so many people working from home and we're sitting so much. So make sure that you, you stretch. Make sure that you, you incorporate that into your daily. In fact, when I recorded that Christmas episode, I was not in the best of shape, but uh, I, I pushed through it and uh, I was still experiencing the congestion. I still had a little bit of the sinus infection and, and I still had that attention headache but attention headache can last a while and this one lasted uh over three weeks so i've never had anything like this but going forward since uh christmas i've been really conscientious about it just making sure that i that i just do some basic stretches every day again i would recommend i'm not a doctor so consult with your physician or a, a healthcare professional uh, especially if you're feeling any of that tension in that neck or back area, because it, it can it can build up and exacerbate and cause uh, tension headache, which is really not fun at all. 
But um, I just wanted to share that with you because so many of us are still working from home right now. Last thing I want to share with you, this will be my my tech tip for the day, is if you haven't discovered this uh, yet, I highly recommend Wordle. It is an online game. Uh, it is a lot of fun. It's basically, it's once a day. You have to guess a five-letter word and you get six tries. And it's very, very addictive. It's a lot of fun. And here's the cool thing about it. There's no app to download, no ads, no email list opt-ins. It's just a website. I'll have it linked in the write-up. There have been lots of news articles. Apparently, the uh, the creator of it, he created it for his uh, for his significant other, and I, I thought that was such a cool story. Uh, so you can you can find that online. There are plenty of stories about it, and apparently, it, it's got several million daily users, and I see people are tweeting out their Wordle scores. If you follow me on Twitter, uh, I've tweeted out some of mine as well, but it's a lot of fun. I like it a lot. If you just need something that is just a fun break, uh, Wordle is is a great word game. Okay, I want to remind you that the Poshmark live stream event with Hopkins will be on on Friday, February 11th at 12 p.m. Eastern Time. I will have the registration linked in the write-up, which will be at bemovingforward.com. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. I'll be back next week. You can find the write-up for today's episode at bemovingforward.com. The views expressed by any featured guests are not necessarily those of the host, the program, or affiliates. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and bemovingforward.com. All rights reserved.